Man, that's good, isn't it? Well, good morning, everybody. Happy 2023. Man, I, this is such a um, beautiful day. Can't wait to share with you uh, the word of the Lord this morning. But how many of you guys are, have been um, watching what's going on with this DeMar Hamlin thing? Anybody aware of that? On Monday Night Football, he um, was involved in what seemed like just a normal tackle and then I think everybody knows he, he passed away right on the football field. And they did CPR for minutes, bringing him back. And, uh, and what I love, and, and, you know, how many of you guys know we have our personal conscience, right? Then we have our conscience like as, as a community. But then there's also what's called a national conscience, where our beliefs are kind of put on the forefront. And we see what we really believe and it touched me so deeply that I don't know if you watch that. If, if you haven't, if you don't know about the story, if you haven't been aware of it, go check this out. Because on Monday Night Football, they said nothing is more important than this man's life right now. We don't need to entertain anybody. We ask everybody in America to begin to pray. They stopped that thing to pray because life matters. Every life matters matters and I love the fact they said matter of fact you could see the shock and and uh as they kept you, you could tell they didn't know what to do like they're going back and forth from the field to the broadcast announcers and finally they're like one of the guys just said listen everybody just needs to pray right now somebody needs to make the decision we're not doing entertainment we're praying and I don't, and, and, and as that story began to go around, everybody kept saying, pray for DeMar Hamlin, pray for DeMar Hamlin. And then on ESPN, one guy said, we keep talking about praying for, De can we just pray for DeMar Hamlin? <laughs> ESPN sport, last, last night, I was so touched as the, the two teams that played, where'd my wife go? She got raptured. <laughs> I don't remember who was playing, but they, um, <laughs> the rest of us are in trouble. <laughs> uh, but they um but before the game started, both teams, the coaches, the coaching staff, the players, the referees, everybody gathered in the center of the field and got down on their knees to pray for the game, to pray for our country, and to pray for DeMar Hamlin. And I'm just like, wow, God, you took the life of one little insignificant man to some people and you are touching a nation through what's uh, a seeming disaster and you're beginning to turn the hearts and I'm loving this and they said if you watch football today they said probably every team and every game they will be getting in the center of the field to pray Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it wasn't six months ago, nine months ago, Bishop Ray, where there was a coach that was asking his team to pray, and they took that thing all the way to the Supreme Court, petitioning him, fighting against him, and I love how God gives a devil a black eye. You think you can take prayer out of our country? Nah. Oh, ain't God good. I love what you said, Neil. If it ain't good, he ain't finished yet. Come on, somebody. Wow. Wow. Man, God is so amazing. Look at your neighbor say, God is so amazing. He ain't done yet. Oh, man. Wow. 
Last week we discussed how God has been using the power of song, um, how he inspired Moses. We, we showed you this in Deuteronomy 32. He told Moses, Moses, I want you to take these words and I want you to write a song and teach it to the children of Israel to put the word of God in their mouths. Man, isn't that amazing? God tells Moses, this mountaintop experience, this burning bush experience, what you experienced in my presence, the words you've heard from my mouth, I want you to put it in a song and begin to teach the children of Israel. And do you know the Bible says when we get to heaven, we will all sing the song of Moses. Songs have the ability to outlast every one of us. Songs have, there's some songs that have been being sung for thousands of years. Man, our God is a songwriter. I showed you in Job last week, God says, nobody asks me for songs in the night anymore. He said, you can ask him for a song. Ask him for a song. Um, the psalmist, uh, I, I love how God choo chooses a little psalmist in the fields of Bethlehem to lead his people Israel. And to me, David is just, he, he's, so, he's just a bad dude, man. I mean, like, that's the guy, if your neighbor is talking smack to you, David is the guy you want to go talk to your neighbor to work things out. You know, like, like David, David is a bad dude, but... I, Bishop Ray, I think if we had to write a story about David, it would be a musical. Like he, he would be running around with, no, I'm just kidding. He's, he's a bad dude. But God gave him the song. God gave him a sound that sent demons trembling and fleeing from the houses of kings. Man, God has given you a sound. God has put, God has put something on the inside of you. See, see, Satan thought he had us. Satan thought he had God. He said, listen, he was a worshiper in heaven. He led the worship of heaven. And when he got kicked out, he said, now who's going to worship you? And God says, they will. Now, you don't get it. He put the chords on the inside of you. The wind instruments are on the, the percussion is in, you are an instrument of worship. There's a sound. You're designed to carry a frequency that actually begins to release light every, I feel like praising him. Glory. Our sacred text we call the Bible is filled with songs. We even find our Lord and our Messiah in the darkest moments. The Bible says on the Mount of Olives, he sung a hymn with his disciples. Jesus put a song in his mouth before he approached his midnight hour. If it's true for him, then it must be true for us. There's a sound, there's a song, there's, there's something God has put in you that can propel you through the, your darkest moments and get you to victory through the power of a song. Wow. I taught you last week, Ephesians and Colossians, that the Apostle Paul taught these first century believers to let the word of Christ dwell in them richly, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. See, they all didn't have the New Testament in their homes, but they had a song in their mouth. 
They all, they all didn't have the apostles' teaching. They gathered together to study the apostles' teaching. But when they got home, they had the song of the Lord in their mouths. They were being taught by song to carry the, the, the presence of God and the Holy Spirit in their life. I love this. What if we all came together and said, hey, this Sunday is singing Sunday. Everybody bring a psalm, bring a hymn, bring a... I've had people say, please don't sing. It's, it's not your calling. Anybody ever been to one of those churches when someone gets up and sing and you're like, who ever lied to them and told them? That somebody has, you know, we get so embarrassed as a church when those people go to uh, The Voice and they go to the American Idol and, and the, you can see the judges looking at one another and be like, you must be from church, you know. But God loves the sound of our voice, whether American Idol or the voice celebrates. God celebrates when you connect and you begin to pour your praise on him. Isn't that good? Did you know there's at least 185 songs in the Bible? I said at least because 185 of them are called songs. Some of them may be considered poetry, but there's at least 185 songs in the scriptures. It's incredible. I wonder, I wonder if in our modern Western mindset somehow we've divorced preaching and teaching from singing and worship too far. We sang the word of God today, Neil. We sang about the blood of the lamb. We sang about our name written down in glory. I mean, we're singing the scriptures. We're singing the text. And, you know, I just had this thought. Some of us, man, and I encourage you this year, let this be the year of the harvest. Let this be the year where, where you begin to share your faith like never before. But can I put a little weapon in your bag? Maybe you don't always need to share a scripture. Maybe you could tell your friend, check out this song. And if it's the word of God, they may open up to a sound and a song and carry that thing with them when they would never open the Bible. That's good, ain't it? Would you guys stand with me? I want to read from Isaiah 26. And this whole week, I have to just, I think this is so cool how God leads us. In Isaiah 26, um, it says that he will give us perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. I begin to think about perfect peace this week when our mind is stayed on him. And what I didn't know was this is actually called the song of salvation from Isaiah. The song of salvation from Isaiah. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Y'all ready for this? Um, uh, Isaiah 26 it says, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city, and God will appoint salvation for our walls and fortresses. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Wow. Man, let's pray and then y'all can be seated. Just high five your neighbor, say, man, this is gonna be a great day. <laughs> elbow, elbow, maybe elbow. <laughs>
Ah, Father, we love you. We honor you. We glorify you. This is the day you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, today we put on the garment of praise, and we pursue if the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those who he can show himself strong on their behalf. We lift up our hand and say, here am I, Father. You found it. Like Jenny said, I am available. <laughs> We love you, Papa. We love you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, teach us, mentor us, show us how to follow in the footsteps of our rabbi and our Lord. We love you. Bless these moments together. I declare these people good ground. The word goes in and profits them and bears fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you. Wow. I encourage you this year. I challenge you this year. Paul would use this word from Romans 12, I beseech you, which means I earnestly plead with you with tears to embrace a new level of worship this year, a new level of surrender, um, and, and, and learning to memorize the word of God. You know, so often, man, we've gotten so accustomed to just finding something in our Bible, turn into our Bible. Do you know thousands of years ago, the Word of God was not broken down in chapter and verse? We did that so it's easier to find, but before you had to know the story. You couldn't just turn in your Bible and find out Jeremiah 33, 3. You had to know the story. You had to memorize the text. Did you know that often the Hebrews would memorize the first five books of the Bible? Come on, somebody. We got to get back. This is our story. This is our inheritance. We need to learn the sacred scriptures. We, we should be memorizing these things. How many of you guys have uh, are try to memorize scripture? That is amazing. That is amazing. Can I, can I just encourage you? No shame, no guilt, no burdens. Can you just try to memorize one scripture a day? One a week? One a week, you'd have 52 scriptures. You might can memorize a couple chapters. When I was in Bible college, I memorized all of 2 Peter chapter 1, all of 1 John, all of 2 John, all of 3 John, all of Romans 8. And I can't hardly remember half of it now. But, but there was a time when they called me Bible man, didn't they? But I, I'm just, I just want to encourage you, man, that there's a way that we are meant to carry. and st But you know what? Even though my mind not be able to recall it like it once did, it got lodged in there. And when I need it, the Holy Spirit can quicken it and bring it to me, and I know it's in there, right? You can run the devil off with the bagots when you get the Word of God in your heart. You say, people are like, man, what are all them? He begot them, and they begot them. And, oh, my goodness, what is all that about? Because every life matters to God. Your story matters. Where you come, every name matters to God. Reinhard Bonnke said one time he was preaching, and, 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 and the, he said, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? He said, I want you to read from that book you never read from. He's like, I know I didn't just hear that. That's the, Lord, no, Lord, what do you want me to preach? Yeah, I want you to, I want you to read from First Chronicles. One through eight. 
Now, if you have trouble sleeping tonight, go read First Chronicles 1 through 8. They begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so. And he's like, how is, how is this going to help anybody? Lord, I have a million people showing up today who are asking for salvation, who are looking for an answer to their life. And he says, yeah, it's, it, it's right there. And he said he began to read it when he got in front of the crowd. And all of a sudden, the finger of the Lord began to touch each name and began to tremble. And he began to feel the heart be of God for every single name, for every single life. He began to experience God's presence signifying to him every life matters. And from that, he launched into him. And, and 800,000 people got baptized in the Holy Spirit at one moment. See, the devil wants to lie to you and tell you you don't matter. Your situation don't matter. Your God knows your name. Man, I'm preaching good. Bishop, you ought to give me a raise. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Man, thank you for being here today. Allison, love you guys. Um, you know, this is kind of cheesy, uh, but do you know in the middle of the word heart is the word ear? And sometimes I wonder, man, what we're filling our ears with, is that what we're filling our heart with? All the buzzes, the rings, the dings, the chimes, the static, the noise, the busyness. When do we ever have time to just silence everything so we can hear the song? Right? <sighs> Some things only come by hearing. Did you know that? Some things only come by hearing. Tabitha, you, you were still in my text today. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, but the Bible also says that salvation comes by hearing because how shall they believe on whom they've not heard, and how shall they hear unless there's a preacher? God has ordained salvation that it comes through your hearing. So how much more do we need to be people who learn to hear the song of the Lord, who learn to hear the word of God? The, the number one thing Jesus warned people about was take heed how you hear. Take heed. Be careful. Watch. Well, I guess you could watch what you hear. <laughs> That's the monkeys, right? Y'all remember that? Um, wow. Isaiah's song says God will surround us with salvation. <laughs> God will surround us with salvation as though it was a city with walls and fortresses. Now that sounds like, oh, okay, until you know what salvation means. Salvation means healing, deliverance, freedom, redemption, wholeness, God says he will surround you with freedom, with healing, with wholeness, with protection, with prosperity. All that's included in the word salvation. And God says he wants to surround you with salvation. Like a song. In, a, in, in one place, in, uh, I think it's in uh, Psalms 32.7. Listen to this. It says he surrounds us with songs of deliverance. Oh, Y'all remember what we sang last week? We, got up, we, it, we concluded our time together singing the song, It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. 
Well, who is he? Healing, freedom, wholeness, forgiver, blesser, everything surrounded by God himself. And he tells Isaiah in a song, he says, listen, this will be sung in the land of Judah. God will appoint salvation and put it like walls and fortresses around you. Judah means praise. So he literally said, this song will be sung in the land of praise. God will begin to, so you don't know what's happening when you praise the Lord. You don't know what's on the other end of your shout. You don't know what might be happening when you just look at somebody with tears streaming on your face and say, ain't he good? You don't know what's happening when we praise the Lord together. But listen, something happens when you praise it. He says, this song will be sung in the land of praise and God will put you in a city called salvation surrounded by healing, wholeness, protection, deliverance. Then he says, I will surround you with songs of deliverance. Let's do a prophetic act this morning. Can I get you to stand on your feet with me? Well, I guess you could stand on something else. Your feet would be preferably. But I I, I just dare you to do this. Just take your finger and just draw a circle around yourself. And say, I am surrounded by songs of deliverance. I am surrounded by healing, wholeness, freedom, prosperity, protection. It feels good to be surrounded. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Do y'all remember what Satan told uh Yahweh, he says, listen, I've tried to get to Joe, but I can't get to him because you got him. What a God we serve. You know what's becoming <clears throat> clear to me? And, you know, when we talk about worship, can I, y'all, every service, I, I, you could probably track every Sunday I do this at some point. Can I just be real with you guys? <laughs> Can I just be real with you guys? There was a moment, there was a time where I used to say, I would read 1 Corinthians 13 and it says, love is not selfish. I said, but God's selfish because he wants everyone to worship him. That's pretty self-seeking. Anybody else had that thought? Y'all, y'all are too holy to raise your hand. I know, I know. It's just me. It's just me. But I thought... So maybe he's loving us to get us to tell him how great he is. Anybody know that might be wrong thinking? And you know what I begin to, to experience, what I begin to notice? God doesn't need you to inflate his ego. He knows who he is. God, God has angels flying around his throne made of fire with wheels on it, with a river gushing out of it, on a seat called mercy, with thunder and lightning and strikes and angels flying around his throne. And it's not a recording. Every time they catch another glimpse of him, oh, they burst into blaze all over again, saying, holy, holy. All they've gotten to see is one little piece of his character called holiness, and they can't stand still. They can't yawn. They can't. They fly around. Wow! Holy! 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 Every lap around that. Th 
causes another piece of who he is to burst in on their radar, and they can't keep silent. They probably sing better than us. He did it. It's not a recording. It's their response to who he is. And what I've realized, God, worship doesn't exist for us to stroke God's ego and tell him how good he is. You know what that's called? It's called flattery. And you know what that means? Insincere praise. Real worship starts from a place of gratitude, fuels into a place of awe and astonishment. And as you continue to pour your praise, real praise, not not lip service, Isaiah warns us, these people can honor me with their lips, but their hearts can be far. But when your heart gets involved in a posture of, of, of loving him and, and singing to him and glorifying him, something crazy begins to happen. God isn't needing you to scratch his ego. When you begin to let go of you and put your attention on him, something that Isaiah calls shalom, shalom begins to happen. Double shalom. English says perfect peace. <sighs> I dare you to lift your hand. Just turn your palms open right now. Say, Yahweh, I want perfect peace. People look for peace at the end of a bottle, at the paycheck, at a number in their bank account. They look for peace everywhere else. And God says, listen, double peace, perfect peace isn't found in any other place than in my presence. That's where you get perfect, perfect peace. My God, what's, what's so cool to me, God is so amazing. What's so cool to me is our services begin with praising the Lord. And often, if we're not careful, we'll think that's all that's happening. But did you know Zephaniah says, uh, check this out, Zephaniah chapter 3, in that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. Anybody know what happens when two or three gather together in his name? There he is in the midst of us. And if we could begin to hear the song of the Lord, we might begin to hear the sound of Jesus singing over us with gladness. Woo. Man. Woo. Mm. King of the universe is in the midst of us. Lord, give us ears to hear the song of the Lord. Lord, you said you're surrounding us with it. <laughs> you're surrounding us with songs of salvation, songs of deliverance, like a, like a city with walls of prosperity and healing. So, Lord, we ask you. Lord, in Job, you said nobody asks you, so we ask you. 
for the song of the Lord, for the song in the night. Wow. It blesses my heart when the praise team, when we're worshiping together, and every once in a while, Neil just do this thing, right, where all the instruments stop, and then we just sing together. And, and it's just our voices that, that are connecting as one. Those, those moments are so cool to me. But I wonder if we can begin to, to ask the Lord for the song, to ask the Lord for the song and hear him singing over us. Wow. <laughs> There's nobody like our God. I want to show you this real quick. Um, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind, everybody say, my mind. I mean, no, that's where most of our troubles start and, and get stuck right here, right? Your problem's between your two ears. But he says he'll give you perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. Now, God's word is so cool because you know what I heard when I read this? Man, that sounds like discipline. That sounds like a lot of hard work because my mind be running on tracks and over the mountains and through the woods and granny's house and all over the kingdom. And, and it's hard to keep your mind stayed on anything, right? Am, am I talking to myself? I've been with some of y'all when y'all pray, and y'all praying about that, and over there, and over there. And, <laughs> and that's okay. God loves it. God loves it. But I, I, what about perfect peace when your mind stayed? So I had, to, I had to look it up. Well, this sounds like a lot of work. What does the word stay mean? How do I get our mind? Because you know what my prayer for you is? this year, that you have shalom, shalom. I want every person in this room, every person watching on that camera to have perfect peace. And that word peace means wholeness, wellness, unity. I mean, shalom is a beautiful word. And Isaiah 20, he says, double shalom. I That's my prayer for, for us. That's my prayer for this city. That's my prayer for this nation. God, I ask you for double shalom. When we can keep our minds stayed, everybody say stay. You remember your dog when, when he tries to go everywhere and you just say, stay. How many of y'all have succeeded in training a dog to do that? Because I have never trained a dog to stay. My dog will sit, but the moment I move, my dog moves. That's not exactly what stay means. Stay means, y'all ready for this? Come here, babe. This is what stay means. <sighs> to lean in, to lean on, to relax and rest into. <laughs> quit worrying. Quit fearing. Quit striving. Relax. Lean into. Put your weight on me. I got you. And you'll have double peace. Wow. Isn't that good? So maybe worship. Part of it, because it's such a big world, but maybe part of worship is just learning to come in his presence and just lean in. Just lean on him. 
See, some of y'all, you think it ain't worship when you're tired and you're weary and you don't have words to say, but maybe it's more worship when you realize, when you put your head on your bed and you just say, Jesus, he said, oh, lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. If I could sing right now. <laughs> come on, come on. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Mm. For it won't be long till you're going to need a God to lean on. Mm. Oh, ain't he good? Got it, say it. Let's just respond to the Lord. We don't need no more preaching. Come on. If you need if you need to lean on the Lord, just if you need to come to the altars right now. If you need to turn around in your seat, if you just need to put your hands in your head or just throw back and lift your hands, just let's respond to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. That you are a God in the midst of us. That there's a God who cares so deeply for us. There's nobody like you. There's nobody like you. Listen right here, beloved. You can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. If you're here today and maybe your heart's been cold or maybe you've ask the Lord to forgive you before but you live like it's just some distant far out theory and you're half in and half out come home if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord to forgive you to cleanse you to make you new on the inside he's spoken to you today I'm here for you I care for you you're not meant to carry heavy weights. You're not meant to carry unforgiveness. You're not meant to carry guilt and shame. You're not meant to carry worry and fear. And none of that was meant for you. You were meant to wear the garment of praise. You were meant, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Shh. 
right here. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. Lord, help me not be so pulled away by the buzzing and the dime, the dings and the rings and the chimes. Lord, I ask you, God, help me clear space around what you're wanting to do in my life. And Lord, I believe what I'm filling my ears with is perhaps what I'm filling my heart with, and I want to be filled by you. So right here, right now, in this moment, I surrender. I want to be a worshiper, Yahweh. I want to learn to worship because I realize it's not for your benefit. It's actually for mine. It's where I learn to lean. It's where I learn to, to lean on and lean in and rest and relax and trust and believe that you're good enough, that you're powerful enough, that you're awesome enough, that you're intimate enough, that you're for me. And if God be for me, who could be against me? He that spared not his only son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Oh, oh. Yahweh, I pray for every person watching online and every person in this room. My prayer today, God, is give them double peace. I ask you, God, Lord, for every situation, everything that's worrying them, that's tearing at them, that's trying to consume their emotional, mental, and spiritual energy, I bind that right now. And in Jesus' name, God, I pray you begin to give them a release, a grace to rest, to lean in, to lean on, and to trust in the everlasting arms of Jesus. God, you said we'll have double peace because we trust in you. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Come on, listen. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Oh, Jesus, we trust you. We trust you. And I thank you, God, it's releasing freedom in this room. It's releasing grace in this room. It's releasing double peace into every life in this room. God, those online, God, we pray for this county. We pray for this city. God, we ask you, let this be a city like salvation, surrounded by healing and prosperity and freedom and wholeness. God, we pray this for our state. We pray this for our country. We pray this for Jerusalem. You told us to pray for the shalom of Jerusalem. Right now, we pray peace for Jerusalem. And God, we pray for the nations that they may know that you are the Lord. You are the Prince of Peace the God of peace. Lord, let peace flow like a river today. Let it move. Let it touch. Let it wash away every burden, every stain. Woo! I just saw burdens floating down the river right there. Just go ahead. There's a river of peace flowing by. Just throw your burden in it. He'll carry it away for you. <laughs> Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you nobody like him 
nobody like him. Nobody like the Lord. You know, anxiety means to tear apart. So God, we come against the tearing in our minds. Lord, those things that we hear. Holy Spirit, we surrender. God, our heart and our minds to you. The Lord's been speaking to me a word called a call to courage. Can I ask some of you to step into that courage to let the past go? The courage to allow God to love you? The courage to let go of fear and rejection and bitterness and hate? Do you have the courage to let it go and allow God to pour in his love?
told the Lord that we wanted him and you know we talk about it if you do the same thing you're going to get the same results so I encourage you instead of giving in to the worry and to the fret when you feel that begin to come can you literally God help me to quiet my mind help me I loved in Zephaniah it says that the Lord's love will quiet you He'll quiet the raging storm that feels like chaos. When they were asleep, when the disciples are in the middle of the storm and life is going on and the storm is raising up and Jesus is asleep in the boat. Peace was always there. And so many of us, we get so worked up and we're fretting and we're getting God, are you there? Are you even listening? Do you know what's going on? says, I know exactly what's going on. I'm your peace. I haven't left. I haven't moved. And this is not something based on feelings, though I love to feel. This is his word. It's his truth. He is perfect peace. He's been teaching us coming into unity is when it's begun to be made whole. The enemy is a divider. He brings division. He brings strife. He divides. He separates. He tears. So when we find ourselves in anxiety, when we find ourselves in these places, when we feel like we're being in this, you ever feel like you're in the tug of war and you're being torn apart? That's the enemy. But God says, I'm the one who comes and brings unity. I'm the one who comes to bind you up. Joey has autism. He gets a little excited. Bishop, I was going to ask, would you pray for us? It's an honor to have you guys here today, Brandon. Brad, it's good to have you, buddy. Thank God for the word today, amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. We've entered a seven-day fast, and every time... You do a fast, I don't know about you, but there's always revelation that comes right in the middle of that fast. I believe that's what God does. That's why he wants us 
come away from what we do, what we desire, and put our desires on him. Thank you for that word. When I was just hearing, we're going down to the lower part of the state this afternoon for three days and in a service with Tom and Mandy Polk there near Walterboro. And just praying and asking the Lord, and I just sense that we haven't done a good job as a body of Christ giving him glory that he deserves. Where all the fat is burned on the altar, everything, where everything is given to him. And God was just showing me people, key people in, in the word that have stumbled and basically mishandled the glory of God. Beginning with Lucifer, Samuel's sons, Nebuchadnezzar, where they just did not give God all the glory. I think Herod and King, or Acts chapter 12. And every one of them died. At least their vision died and their reputation died and everything. God's not going to share his glory with anyone. And I think God is getting the church to the point where we will give him all the glory. That we don't want any self-recognition. We don't want anybody looking at us. But everything we do, every song that we sing, every sermon we preach, everything belongs to him, the glory, the Lord. Amen. So I pray that for this new year for you and for me, that everything we would be so conscious of the fact that we want to glorify God. Let your light so shine that people may see what your good works and what glorify you. No, <laughs> glorify the Father. Everything about what God is up to is bringing glory to his name. So, Lord, I just thank you for the glory of the Lord that is in this house. Would you just stand with me? Come on. The glory of the Lord that is shown around about us, Lord. We see it in the Christmas story. But, Lord, I pray that on purpose we will find ways to glorify your name. Lord, that word glory, that, that uh, renown, that fame, Lord, that you deserve. You only deserve the fame. You only deserve the honor and the praise. And, Father, I pray that this, your glory would just visit new life, life churches all around this area. And, God, I ask you, Lord, for a special glory over the real-life congregation. I pray, God, that we would, they would recognize the glory of the Lord. And, God, every song that is sung will point to you. Every meeting that has occurred, Lord, in this building, it would be glory to you, Lord. Every conversation will be glory to you. Every ministry, everything that we do, everything that we touch will never say, look at us. We'll never say, look at what we can do and look at the gifts that we have. But everything will point to you, Lord, for you are to, to receive the glory and the honor and the praise. Lord, I was just thinking about the song in heaven where the angels bow down and where the 24 elders bow down. And it is a song of giving you glory and honor through the ages. And I thank you for that, Father. Not only do you deserve the glory now, but you'll be, we'll be glorifying you forever and forever.
I thank you for that, Father. So, Lord, do a special work. Do a special work in every heart in this building. Everyone that's a part of Real Life Ministries. Allison, if you would, we want to pray for R.C. and your family. I hope this is okay here. We're just asking the Lord to touch. Hallelujah. We want to just give you the gift of prayer and just bless you as we pray for you today. I, I, I look at that, looked at that scripture there, and the Bible says every, John heard every creature saying, every creature on earth, in earth, under the earth, in the sea, saying glory and honor and power belongs to the Lord. I'm looking forward to a jellyfish, hearing a jellyfish say blessing and honor. Every creature in the sea and under, under the earth, the worms will cry out glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Allison. I don't want to preach here. I got to get out of here. Come on. Dear Heavenly Father, we bless you. We bless you, Father, for this family. Father God, for the ministry that goes on in this church, in this place, in this community because of this family right here. I thank you, Father God. Yes, Lord, that your peace is upon them. Father, your perfect peace is on them. Your perfect peace works in their hearts and their minds. Your perfect peace, Father, surrounds them. Your perfect peace, Father God, guides them. Your perfect peace, Father God, is with them wherever they go, whatever they do, Father God. And I bless you for them. I bless you for this work. I pray, Father, you're refreshing that would come upon them, Father God, because they carry a weight. They carry the weight of your glory, but, Father, they carry the weight of this congregation and the weight of this ministry. I pray, Father God, that your peace as it rests upon them, Father God, would give them that refreshing that they need. Continue to give them the strength that they need, Father God, to go forth and do what you have called them to do, not what they have chosen for themselves, not what others have put on them, Father, but they do the things that you have called them to do and nothing else, Father, that their minds are stayed on you, Father God. They rest in you. They listen to you, Father God, and you guide and direct their each and every step. And I thank you, Father God, for that power that you're giving them, that peace that you're giving them, the strength that they're going to walk in that's not their own but yours, Father God. And I give you praise right now for the work that you've done and the work that you're going to do, Father God, because of their obedience to you. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Stretch your hand out towards your pastoral family today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift. Lord, you said you gave gifts unto the church, Lord, and we thank you for the gift and the pastor and his family, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you have raised him up and you have put the scripture in his heart many years ago. And God, it's going to become alive more than ever before. It has to, God. It has to, Lord. We need the word of the Lord. We need to hear what God is saying in this hour that we're living in. 
And Father, we counteract, Lord, what the enemy is trying to do in this community and in this culture. We produce a, and Lord, uh, uh, producing us a counterculture that will light up this world, Lord, that will light up Greenwood and light up uh, the surrounding counties in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, let a fire blaze out of this house. Uh, Lord, there's no reason that it cannot. Uh, and God, you're wanting, Lord, to bring down your fire so that we can release it into the communities around us. God, I'm asking you to set this pastoral family on fire today. Lord, let fire be in their belly today. They're carriers of the glory of the Lord. Let them carry the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, let this house be like Obed-Edom's house, God, where the presence of God is here and where they are blessed. They are blessed, O oh God. For they are blessed. And people around, I've got to get to the presence of God. It's over there. Lord, that was something, in, Lord, about in those days, the presence of God was so easily recognized. They knew where the blessing of God came. And Lord, that people all over this city are groping in darkness looking for the blessing of God. Let them find it here. May your name receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Oh, God, we love you today. Can we just call our loved ones out by name and ask them? If they're not saved, would you just ask them, Lord, call them in. Can you call them in right now? That's got to be a harvest in Greenwood. There's just too many people going in and out of church doing nothing. And let's pray, God, that you would just set a fire in Greenwood in the name of Jesus, those that are on the peripheral, those that are on the outskirts, that are missing out on the goodness of God. They're in and out, up and down, and I'm asking you, God, to shake them and bring them into a relationship with you that they cannot deny. Thank you, Lord. Love them in, Lord. Hallelujah. Love them in through us. In the name of Jesus, oh, hallelujah. Blessing and honor and glory to your name. I see this mighty man of God before us. And I often hear he's got autism, he's got autism. But right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm stripping every label off of him. that The doctor give him the diagnosis, a disease, I'm stripping it off of him. He is our worship leader. Every move he makes has purpose. Every sound that he utters has a meaning. His heart is so big. And I wish that we could get back to the heart of worship like Job. I wish every day that our worship would reflect his heart because he is the image of God. Joe, you are our worship leader. You lead us every day, and I thank you for that. You are beautiful, and you have purpose. We're stripping autism off you today. You are more than able. You are more than capable. You are an overcomer. You are a mighty conqueror. We love you.
we love you guys. Um, we have our men's meeting Saturday and our sisterhood group. Women are meeting Friday night at 6.30, men at 8. Man, find your song this week. Amen. Ask the Lord. Let his perfect peace be upon you. We love you guys. Be blessed. Be blessed.